recording in progress in progress <laughs> anywho um welcome back everyone this should be episode six i'm so not sure if this episode <laughs> might go up before the other two because it all depends on editing um so this might actually be episode four we'll figure it out once it actually uploads but yeah so if this is episode six then welcome back to meg if this is episode four then welcome meg <laughs> um meg is a very dear friend from undergrad we went to sing yeah. Xavier together we nerded out in the diner um, all the time for at least three years until they left me because they graduated <laughs> I know how dare how dare you um we bonded over batman doctor who doctor who definitely did we bond over torchwood i'm not sure not Torchwood. you kept trying to get me to watch it and i'm like erica i know sarita was also trying to get you to watch it because i know sarita was into yes, it yes she was the big torchwood fan and i was like but tenant is not in it so like <laughs> he was in it for the crossover but you know <laughs> but martha was in it that's true. I remember Sarita saying that too, and I'm like, oh, but <laughs> but yes, yeah, so we bonded over nerd shit. Um, yeah. we went to spring formal together. Oh my gosh, not yeah. together, not as a because you went with your then boyfriend, I think. Yeah, yes, I went solo. I don't even know why I went, but I went. I remember you saying that even though I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Just go. It's fun. It's fun. You can have a drink. You can enjoy the time. It's I fun. took my prom dress, which got updated. You know, it got cut off to make it like a nicer, you know, dress instead of a big prom dress. So I was like, well, I'm reusing this. So hello, recycling. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a weird. I, I still don't know why I went, but it was it was okay. Um, but yes, yeah, so Meg is a licensed art therapist. Technic Technically, yes, I still have my associates. I am, I just renewed it for the last time. Hopefully I'm finishing up my paperwork to get rid of my A. So I'll be taking that test soon. Not excited. Um, but you're, but are you, in, you're an LPC, aren't you? No, so in Indy, they have LMHC and LMHCA. So A is like the associate license and then you get rid of your A and then you just have LMHC. Oh, really? But, I didn't know that. Um, yay, how, Indy. How, what? Why? Why can't we just uniform? Anyway, that's not what this what this session is for. Um, <laughs> we Apparently, we're going to have to have you back for a, yes. a fourth episode. <laughs> yes, please have me back. I'm here for it. Um, um, yeah, but yeah, so you're you're an art therapist. Um, yes, licensed mental health counselor. That's what counselor. it is. Mm -hmm. Okay, there we go. LMHC. Yeah, Illinois does the LPC. Thank God. That makes um, sense. Yeah. Um, so, like we talked, you work in Indiana. You live in Indiana. Unfortunately, um, I'm trapped here. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not for long. I'm kidding. Mm. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's not what we're throwing out to the universe. You're kidding. I am manifesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there you go. Um, but yeah, so you got your master's in art therapy uh, yes. at St. Xavier. You did this? Or no, I, I got my um, my undergrad at Xavier, and then I got my master's at Heron at IUPUI. 
Right. So your master's in art therapy, Mm -hmm. but in undergrad, you did the psychology clinical counseling routes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which was interesting because I don't know why it was an add-on and not just immediately incorporated, but who knows? We can go on and on (laughs) during another time, but as much as I love it, I'm also like questionable. Mm. Well, even trying to finish up my paperwork, it's like, do we really need this many hoops? This feels like a lot, but again, like you said, whole other conversation to have. I'm telling you, we have to have you back for a fourth session um, or the episode, but see, my mind is in sessions as if I should be (laughs) working today. Um, Today's Friday. So no, no work. We don't work on Fridays. On Wednesdays, we were pink, apparently, but on Fridays, we don't. <laughs> so there's that. But yeah, um, so again, sorry to anybody listening. I'm not really sure what the order of these episodes are. Um, because just like my other podcast, I have sort of fallen behind on editing. So um, <laughs> this might be an episode that actually gets pushed early before the rest. Um, so for those who are not aware... Um, I believe I posted on the podcast TikTok, but again, my brain is a little bit scattered. Uh, I started um, ketamine-assisted therapy, which is basically psychedelic therapy, (laughs) which was something I never thought I would be doing. Um, But as somebody who understands that I am, I do have a little bit of, let's call it treatment resistant depression um mm. and who has also been on a sort of spiritual kind of journey over the last year or so well at least the idea started a year or so from the work is still ongoing um I kind of ran into this very weirdly um it was more going through some personal experiences that we're not going to get into um, on this podcast, but it's more going through some emotional stuff, uh, feeling the need to really want to take care of myself, somehow being suggested to take shrooms (laughs) and my phone apparently listening to that. And then over the next two days, promoting Red Table Talk episode about psychedelic uh, therapy. Oh, so that's how we got here. That's that's a little bit of how we got here. So it started with shrooms and maybe like, no, <laughs> because I don't feel comfortable going into a dark room with somebody I don't know and expecting them as, you know, a non-professional to help me with my little trip. So mm-hmm. the answer was no. Um, but thanks to my best friend for suggesting that because that's how we got here. <laughs> So over the next couple of days, it's more of a going down a bit of a rabbit hole. Again, my phone ended up suggesting Red Table Talk about psychedelic therapy, learning a little, watching that whole episode, learning a little bit about it, um, hearing um, a professional on there talk about, you know, there being trials all over the U.S. and maybe seeking out one of those. And so me then finishing the episode looking into it and then realizing that there is a place here in Chicago that actually does psychedelic therapy, not with shrooms, but with ketamine. So that's how we got there. Um, And so that was, that all happened the 
first week of December. And so between that, trying to schedule, finally getting um, a therapist, finally scheduling the actual ketamine, it was probably a two-month, two-month period. Ooh, long wait. Yeah. But again, because I had to pay out of pocket, that's why. (laughs) (laughs) Not such a bad idea for a long wait, but gives you time to save and prep. That's true. That's true. So that's kind of also why Meg is here, um, because I could probably just talk about what I know. But, you know, if we're introducing this topic, there's probably questions that I'm not going to think about answering because of the research that I've already done. So why don't we have you ask me, you know, whatever your first thoughts are. So I'm going to you know, do disclaimer, I know very, very little about shrooms. I know people who, you know, talked about the experiences they've had, but I don't know a lot, a lot, a lot. I'm sure I've had, you know, presentation on it at some point for, for work just to talk about how it can be helpful, but that I've slept since the presentation. So I don't have as much knowledge as you might. So kind of makes me a little bit ideal, but my first question, I guess that comes to mind is, I know how we kind of got here, but why shrooms specifically? Well, it's not shrooms. It's not shrooms. It's ketamine. So ketamine is actually a type of anesthesia that is um, low risk because it can be used on children and people who are, um, I guess, resistant to anesthesia. So it's actually been proving to be safe, but it also has sort of a psychedelic aspect to it. Mm-hmm. So it's been, you know, through the research and of, and of course, this is a whole new agey thing. So it's still not completely certified, um, not fully approved, but through the research, it has proven to help with, uh, again, treatment resistant depression and also other physical ailments as well. It does sort of have a um, sort of chronic pain relief aspect to it as well. Gotcha. So yeah, it's not actual shrooms. It's a type of anesthesia. Gotcha. Thank you. See, see, we're learning all the things. (laughs) So what, what really drew you towards specifically the ketamine piece and not doing something like shrooms? What about ketamine stood out for you to be like oh yes this this is the direction I want to go well besides the earlier part of um not trusting people that I don't know and going on a trip and also not trusting my best friend um which she knows and I love her and she if she listens to this Jackie you know I love you affectionate Um, yes but let's be honest as somebody who even with weed has a hard time letting go of control Mm -hmm. And that therefore producing anxiety, um, shrooms was going to just cause me anxiety from the get-go. Like just the fact that I was going to be worried about the outcome. Right, right. Going to completely just ruin, you know, whatever benefits I might have experienced from it. Mm. And ketamine, again, because I did my research, because I, you know, made sure that where I was going was going to be safe. Like there was a nurse there. There was a therapist there, not my actual therapist. Cause unfortunately she had a, um, a, a personal emergency. Um, but there was a mm-hmm. therapist there. So 
I was, you know, being watched over my, you know, um, vitals were being monitored. So it, I like it, it seemed to be taking all the necessary steps to make sure that I was safe. If I did shrooms, I was not going to have that. Ooh. So, I mean, I think that's awesome to, you know, have that level of self-awareness of like, you know, I can't do the letting go truly, you know, to that extent to, you know, (laughs) do do you feel like that's an important part here? Like if you, to know that about yourself to do this. Oh, absolutely. And it's funny because I didn't realize what it was until maybe (sighs) the third time I did weed over the last year. Um, well, it might've actually been the first one, but again, it, it was more of an acknowledgement of what, what it was until like that third time that I did it over the last year. Um, because, you know, I, I remember the first time I was at a friend's house and that's where, you know, I decided to try weed because I was going through some pretty bad anxiety. Depression was at an all time high. I was like, I just need to, I just need to try to just get a break in here. And so my friend's like, no, just smoke weed. And he was very comforting throughout that process. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it was only then that I was able to at least let it do its thing, but it was the coaching. Like he literally needed to coach, like, like calm down, like just breathe, just sink in. And I'm like, Oh my God, I can't breathe. My hands are cold. My feet are cold. Um, how am I going to drive home? Like just the whole panic setting in. And it's just him coaching me, like, just let it sink in. And it's like, just feel the right. couch, just sink into the couch, just sink into it, just sink in. And basically you're coaching. And it's like, oh my yeah. God, my heart. And like him, just like, look, your heart's fine. Your heart rate is fine. Um, basically the poor man just holding me, putting it <gasps> over me. He's like, you're fine. Just let it do its thing. And I finally, again, time escapes me during those things. And I feel like either a long period of time has passed or no time has passed. So I don't know how long it took for me to just finally just let it do its thing. Um, it might've been like 10 minutes or so. So me just freaking out. Um, so, you know, it was after the third one where I was still having these same experiences and then finally just be like, okay, just, you know what, just let it do it sing. You already know that three hours from now, you're going to, you know, be aware enough and be good enough to get up, get in your car, drive home without, you know, being, being a safety risk. And so it wasn't until then I was like, why do I have such a hard time? You know, why do I, and then it was him. like, you have to let go. I was like, you know what? You're right. I have, I have a fear of not being able to have command over my own body mm. and have command over my surroundings because again it's that anxiety of when I'm stoned I can't move <laughs> because <laughs> I feel like I, everything's just like in slow motion or like everything's just heavy right. and it's just like that initial reaction of oh my god everything is kind of just super spacey and wobbly right and so it's that it's I don't have control of my surroundings and immediately it's panic. It's like, what if I need to go somewhere immediately? What if there's an emergency and I'm mm. in this state and I can't do what I need to do? What if this motherfucker turns out to be a 
a serial killer that I didn't know about. And then this is how, this is how I go. So, right. Right. Well, and that's completely valid because that sounds terrifying. You know, it, it reminds me of kind of like, if you've ever had to deal with sleep paralysis, you know, that like I'm trapped yes, inside which myself. Yes. Which I have. <laughs> well, and I completely get it now. You know, that's, you have to really be with you know, what you're saying about being with people you trust or, you know, trusted professionals to work you through, you know, that complete relinquish of control and even like kind of of self, it even sounds like. Yeah. Ooh, and like, yeah. I, and, I, and I trust this friend, you know, we've been friends since St. Xavier too. So, you know, and he's always tried to get me to smoke weed. So <laughs> I think it was very much a, um, and he's a biology teacher. Um, well, he does some other stuff now, like some, he has a much higher position, but basically it's, he jokes around. It's like, yeah, I'm like a med scientist. I like to know the impacts. And he's actually the one who would sell me weed gummies to try to help my mom sleep and stuff. And so, you know, so it, there was this level of, he knows what this is. He has a good understanding. Again, biology. Mm-hmm. Um and he's a science specialist for Chicago Public Schools. So it's more of a, um, I know that he's going to at least look after me. Again, it's always right. a small panic. It was like, is this how I die? What if I get murdered? What about this? <laughs> that? What about if there's a fire and I need to leave? Um, yes. But, but it's really, you know, me trusting him and him also being there. Um, to sort of just guide me and coax me through it. And I'm just like, yeah. So, so it was that understanding of, I have a hard time letting go. And one of the things that I talked about to my therapist from the get-go, I was like, look, because it's always like, do you have any questions prior to the ketamine? Do you have any concerns? Mm -hmm. Is there anything you want to, you know, know a little bit more about? I was like, look, here's the thing. I have a problem with letting go. So that's my only concern. I have trouble giving up control. I have trust issues. <laughs> so it's it's kind of my only sort of, you know, concern about the fact that I might not get the full benefit out of it because of it. And mm-hmm. therefore I was like, you know, that might cause an impact because I know that when I smoke weed and I don't, allow myself to just give up that power it just produces more anxiety so instead of being beneficial it's actually a little bit harmful because it makes me go through a whole anxiety episode so like okay so what are you you know what are your intentions like a lot of this was what are your intentions because we want you to have something clear in your mind you know when you're going into you know your quote-unquote trip um and so I was like honestly right now I'm just open to it I'm just gonna sort of will myself to be open to the experience and allow myself to just like, and they're like, okay, yeah, that's, we'll, we'll have that be your intention. And um, it was interesting when it started because I went in with a crank in my neck. Mm. Unfortunately, it was a little bit grounding and not allowing me to do the full experience. I right. Think. And so because I was so aware of my actual reality because of the crank in my neck, um, it did give me a little bit of uh, resistance to it at the beginning. Mm -hmm. 
So I did find myself going through a very small portion of it um, at the beginning of just anxiety. I was like, oh my God, I can't, you know, this and that, just all the things that I usually worry about just went all at me at once. And then finally, when I'm just like, okay, I tried to finally like, because they have like a zero gravity chair. I was on a weighted blanket. I had headphones on with with music that they did research for to help with the sort of ketamine um, experience. And basically, and it was so interesting because the music was literally guiding my trip. Yo, what? Yeah, I was like, at the end, I was like, I should have asked this, but I, I didn't ask. I might ask it during my next ketamine session, but I was literally going to ask like, can I please have this playlist? <laughs> because please. I feel like if I listen to it again, it'll help me remember, you know, that journey I had. Um, because, it's, you know, again, with somebody who has a terrible memory, I was so concerned that I was going to forget, you know, what I saw. Well, and you made such a strong association with it at this point, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, but definitely. So again, going to back, Going back to the whole concept of, I have, I, I knew I was going to have trouble letting go, but it wasn't actually me this time. It was more the physicality of it, of, you know, I am hurting near my neck and that's kind of, you know, really affecting it. So it wasn't until the right. end where I just finally had to position myself, even though I was tripping balls, I was still trying to, you know, come back and ground and just try to like accommodate my body in a way where like the pain wasn't so like obvious so distracting yes thank you um Mm -hmm. so yeah it was it was interesting it was interesting so the therapist in me (laughs) wants to ask (laughs) yes surprise surprise how did you feel before and then comparing that with you know despite you know the issues with completely being immersed here how, how did that compare with afterwards? You know, like a pre and post type of deal. Yes. Great question. (laughs) Don't worry. The therapist and me was asking all of this too. (laughs) So it's, it's a valid question. Um, so this is not me getting emotional. This is me just taking a pause. So I don't get emotional. Um, so over the last two months, prior to the ketamine, um, life just got pretty dark and heavy. So, uh, my uncle ended up in the hospital. Um, we thought it was just going to, you know, we were just going to, we, I dropped him off, thought, you know, he was just going to get a checkup, get some medication. Right. Ended up never leaving the hospital. Um, ended up passing, you know, three weeks, three weeks ago, about three weeks ago. Yeah. Family drama ensuing. Um, my parents having to leave. And so as excited as I was to have the house to myself, um, going through grief Mm -hmm. and also already having depression that was ongoing, um, kind of wasn't a good mix. And then immediately after the day after my uncle's, um, burial, uh, my best friend calls me and tells me that her mother passed away that morning. And so it's like, we go from me grieving my uncle to now it's like me grieving 
with my best friend, you know, who I call my sister, um, a loss of her mother. And, you know, her mother and I weren't close, but, you know, because she's my best friend's mom, you know, we knew each other. She was always very nice to me, very nurturing the times that we were together, you know, and, and, you know, it's, it's going through that imagination of, I can't imagine losing a parent and especially so suddenly, you know, and so it's going through that grief as well. And then, you know, a couple of other things, um, with the topic of grief, uh, came about as well, not directly related to me, but, you know, for others. And it's just as, as an empath, it was me carrying all of that. So we were already on super high depression. Um, definitely a lot of anxiety for, you know, again, trying to avoid right. drama and then anxiety of, you know, how am I going to be there for my best friend? Exactly. And then juggling work and <laughs> plans for the future all throughout this time. And, oh, yes. you know, the first quarter of the month is always pretty heavy at work because it's, I don't know if you have to do this, but we have to, because we're grant-based, it's like carryover stuff and which clients from the previous year are going to carry over to the new year. And, you know, um, finally catching up on all the treatment plans that I'm, that I put out for the last year um, and, you know, closings that I probably should have done three, four, six months ago and haven't mm-hmm. done. And so finally sort of coming to terms with that and, you know, just a lot of the, I'm trying to work on myself, but haven't been able to as much. So a lot of heaviness going in. So there was a little bit of concern of, is there the chance that this might hurt me? Right. Because, you know, like when you learn about other psychedelics, like, you know, you go with the main one that people talk about, which is ayahuasca, you know, which is, you know, and you do like the whole little trip to like the Amazon forest and all this other crap, you know, people are like, yeah, you go pretty deep, you explore your trauma and stuff. So it was at that point, probably like a couple of days before where I'm just like, oh my God, what if my like most feared traumas end up popping up and I'm already going through a depressive episode. And so there was that concern. Um, But again, I tried to push it off. I was like, no, I'm open to the experience. If that comes up, then I'm just going to find a way to properly deal with it. You know, and if it's coming up, then it's maybe because I haven't effectively dealt with it. So it was going in, trying to be very open-minded. Then the experience happened, which we can talk about in a minute about what I saw. But, you know, coming out of it, it was a little surreal. And it was more of a, my anxiety kind of seeped away. Uh Because after experiencing the trip it's like why am i letting such small things impact me when you know the universe is so vast yes oh look at that yeah so it was speaking. yes yes so it was it was so interesting because again it's like that anxiety just got completely thrown out and it's like why am i worrying about it these things, you know, what is it about this? And so that was the immediate feeling coming out. So my best friend ended up picking me up and, you know, dropping me off. Cause like, you can't drive, you know, but by the time my best friend came to pick me up, I was just like, I could have driven. <laughs> it 
it was nuts. Hey, I, okay. I get it though. I get it though. Better safe than sorry in case yeah. you're still in la la land. Yeah. <laughs> and then so I try to do a little bit of processing. Oh, well, they actually helped me process like right after I came out of the academy. The therapist was oh, there. Good. And we did a bit of processing and stuff, and some really good points came up. Um, and then I came home and, you know, I ate with my mother and she talked to me, like she, she inquired also about like, you know, what was it like and this and that. And I told her a little bit of what I saw. And then basically I slept for four hours. <laughs> the and, true benefit here is the sleep we got. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You know, I had to take a whole day off for this. And I was like, thank God. I was like, you know, cause I hadn't slept in two months. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So it was pretty rough. And so I think since then I've been able to sleep. The only deterrent has been my very awkward sleep schedule from the last two months Um, (laughs) because I'm not sleeping. So it's either I fall asleep like at, you know, one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning and then wake up at, you know, 5 a.m., 6 a.m. Yeah. And then the days I work at home, sometimes I take a nap. (laughs) So it's like now that I'm going back into the office a bit more consistently, it's, um, yeah, you can't really nap at work anymore. Because like, when you're here, you have to get all of the paperwork stuff done that you can't do when you're at home. So, you know, it's kind of just, it was a weird cycle, but I, I have felt my anxiety sort of dissipate. Um, obviously, there's still a little bit there, but again, I wasn't expecting it to be completely resolved, but it's definitely created perspective. Um, there's been a lot of processing that's been happening, which I think was important um, you know, which, which can lead to a bit of rumination, but at the same time, I think it's sort of not as unhealthy as it used to be. Cause now I feel like it's a bit more warranted. Like there's an actual reason for the thoughts that I'm sort of cycling through, um, instead of just everything at once and like, oh my God, right. so much chaos. It's like, no, there's still chaos. Like it's still a mess up in my head, but you know, I think it's with very real and very valid question, questions now. So, well, honestly, it almost sounds as if it's been, you know, having such that huge chunk of time, you know, going through this huge experience has given you the chance to take, you know, that mental mess that's there and just organize it. So, you know, maybe part of the anxiety could have been like, oh, it's a lot, but it's a lot at once and it's not organized or I can't sort through it. But, Mm -hmm. you know, doing this where, you know, you kind of get that perspective of like, like you were saying how vast the universe is, you know, gives you that perspective on, you know, these pieces that are really overwhelming and then helps your mind better to sort and organize where those need to be. And then it's (laughs) Sorry, going the whole nine yards, but no, no, it sounds like it, it became more pal- like palatable at that mm-hmm. point. Like I can digest this a little bit easier because I've given it that, you know, I put it in perspective of the vast majority that's out there and it kind of makes a bit more sense in my head. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I don't, I'm not about to pretend that this completely resolved all my questions. It didn't because one of the things that I said to my therapist and the therapist on site um, the day of the ketamine is I feel like I'm coming out of this with more questions than answers, but the questions that I'm asking, I think are actually more appropriate because it's making Mm. me actually put perspective into the things that have been causing me 
all of this anxiety and stress, because let's be honest, the biggest thing that causes me stress and anxiety is the uncertainty of the future. Ooh, look at that. That seems like a mic drop moment right there. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> okay, but don't get me wrong. I've known this for a very long time. So that wasn't the insight. The insight was there are as much as the future is uncertain. I can't worry about that. And instead of focus on what am I going to do about it? Mm. So, yeah. So definitely anxiety. I feel like it's calmed down. Obviously it's, there's still anxiety there, but Right. I feel like it's at a very different place. Um, so, yeah. Well, and you also sound super empowered. You know, it sounds like it's kind of filled your cup to the point where, you know, I'm empowered to make, you know, certain changes. Not that you weren't before, but kind of like <laughs> in, a, in a better way to, to deal with the, the, those problems and look at them, you know, a bit more critically rather than being hung up on what they are and how they make you feel in that moment. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then I guess I want to ask, <laughs> would you do this again? And how soon would you do it again? <laughs> if you uh, Yes. No, I am. Um, so the schedule that they had actually sent out was going to be, I was going to get a ketamine session every week for six weeks. Unfortunately, I cannot afford that <laughs> um, because this is actually pretty expensive and my insurance doesn't cover it. So I'm paying out of pocket. So I was able to do this thanks to my tax return. <laughs> Yay. So, you know, it, it was that. Um, so I felt like it was the right time. Everything lined up for it. Um, but I think I'm spacing it out. And my next appointment is actually going to be the first week of April. Oh, wow. So there is going to be a bit of a month and a half gap. But again, because... I think I need one, it's a financial thing, definitely. But I think the second one is I feel like I actually have to do the work on what actually arose from it and try to actually get somewhere with it on my own and then dive again. Mm. Because I think, you know, <laughs> a conversation that we had not recorded um, was that, you know, a lot of people go to therapy and expect the work to be done just during the therapy session, but that's not what it's for. Like you have to do the work outside of it. So you do the exploring and sort of, you know, the, the development of, you know, strategies, coping mechanisms, whatever it is during the session, during the one hour session or however long session therapy is, but the main work gets done outside of the therapy session. Right. So for me, it's like, I'm going to give myself the space because one, March is a very busy month at my site for my program. Um, and so I think, you know, without overwhelming me, doing the kind of mean taking time off, because obviously I need to take a day off for this. So um, if I do that, that means I give a hide on work. Right. So I was like, I'm not trying to put myself in a place where I'm going to have more anxiety because of this. Um, exactly. But I actually want to be able to have the space in the room to do the work. So, right. yeah. Well, and you beat me to it because I was going to bring up that conversation that, you know, you're 100. I, I, I can't agree with you more. You know, when you go through such an experience like that, you know, that's so big and you, you know, get all these insights, you know, you really need that time to work through that and to, you know, like you were saying, do the work 
So that way, you know, maybe you've wrapped up a lot of those big, those issues from that first session. And then you go into this next camming dream and then say, you know, like, okay, what do you have for me now? <laughs> What's the next, where are we going next? Because, you know, I feel like you can offer, you can, you know, offer some closure to those issues and hopefully get some new insights going into this next one. Yeah. And I mean, that's a little bit of what I'm hoping for. Um, I actually recorded the, they call it integration session. So it's the therapy session after the ketamine. Ah. I recorded it because I was like, I, I kind of want to make sure that, you know, cause then it was two days out of the ketamine. There were things that I was, there were still very clear in my mind and I wanted to make sure that I could hold on to them. So I recorded it. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, my therapist was telling me who's an art therapist, by the way. Um, <laughs> and, you know, we were talking about, it's like, just don't expect that the second time you come in or the third or the fourth, that, you know, things are going to look exactly the same, have your intention, mm-hmm. but just know that things might not look the same and something else might actually come up. So I was like, yeah, okay, sure. And this is why I'm also kind of happy that I'm giving myself space because again, it's giving me an opportunity to explore on my own the things that came up during this ketamine trip. Right. Psychedelic experience. (laughs) Um, And that way, the next time, if something different pops up or like with this new insight, things might look different and probably will look different. And I'll be able to address it in a different way. So (laughs) don't you love it when therapists do the work on themselves? (laughs) Oh my gosh. It terrifies me. (laughs) It kind of reminds me of, you know, art making when you're an art therapist, you know, fresh out of school, it's hard to, to go there. Cause then you're like, Oh no, what does that mean? (laughs) But I, but I get it. You know, it's, it's scary. Like, but, but you're right. You know, you have to, you have to be intent. You have your, have your intention. You've got to pull up your sleeves and do that hard work. It's not fun or glamorous, (laughs) but you have to do it. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think, so as many questions as I came out, you know, about like me personally, I think a lot more questions arose about what I actually saw. Mm. What was number one on that list? If you don't mind. <laughs> sure. I can, I can let me pull this up because I had <laughs> to make a note before I left um, the ketamine center uh, because I was like, I'm going to forget. And I don't want to forget. So one of the things that, okay, so let me read you my list. And this is me just trying to word vomit. So I was like, okay, what do you remember? So what I wrote down is blocks, downtown, long, dark hallway, corners, lock with no key, space, darkness, parallels, rising skyscrapers, apparently, question mark, Chicago, empty street, um, apparently I did leave. Oh, because one of the questions they asked me is, do you feel like you left this room? And I was like, oh, hell yes. <laughs> um, so I left treatment room for exploration, dark colors. Why no bright colors? A lot of neutrals left the city, but then completely left the planet as well. Symmetry, Ooh. no round shapes except for planet and the circular motion of leaving the solar system. And then why are there so many rooms in that hallway? (laughs) So I hope this is giving you an idea of how deep my trip was. Um, So 
one of the things that came up with the therapist right after um, I came out of the, um, the ketamine was, you know, me talking about the fact that, well, one, there was a lot of symmetry, as I mentioned, but a lot of what I saw that was actually tangible was empty downtown city blocks, very mm. specific to Chicago. So, you know, it was curious for a number of reasons, because one, why downtown? And two, how am I visualizing the street being empty if I have never seen these streets being empty? When have you ever been downtown and the street has been empty? You know? Like, not even, I can't even say like five in the morning, because sometimes they're, you know, you got your hobo out there. <laughs> like, yeah. So, you know, this is me visualizing the streets being completely empty. And it's like very specific downtown streets. And it's like, why? Like, I haven't been downtown. At that point, I hadn't been downtown in a minute. Um, why specifically that? And so um, I remember trying to, even during the trip, and even though trying to give up that control, trying to guide what I was saying. Because, you know, it's like, what if I can picture, uh-huh. what if I can picture like, um, like a meadow or like nature and stuff? Mm-hmm. And I was trying really hard to picture, you know, even home, even my blog. And I couldn't. Everything was so specific to downtown. And again, that's where that symmetry comes in, because, you know, everything is like blocks. You know, all yes. the buildings downtown are like very rectangular, very you know, like square shaped and stuff. And um, it was uh, me trying to be like, let's let's leave downtown. Let's leave downtown. Let's leave the city. Let's try to explore somewhere else. You know, maybe you know, Mexico, my mom's hometown or right. uh, a place in my mom's home state called Cholula where I visited and went to go do a play therapy conference um, and just really fell in love with the little town. Um, you know, try to picture that or, you know, any other nature, just, just picture nature. And I couldn't, I couldn't. So when I was like, I just want to see something else, I got pulled from the city completely out of the planet. <laughs> I see that. Well, and you even said that I was going to ask as you fought for this control, what did that feel like? Did you notice anything different? Like during that? Yeah. When you're, you know, trying to actively take some control back and it's like, nope, you're going to look at more downtown streets (laughs) before we get to throwing ourselves into space. (laughs) I don't think it was evaluating at that moment, but it it was more of a, again, this came as an after effect because as much as I was trying to picture like any sort of nature, because again, no trees, no grass, no birds, no animals, Mm. no nothing, just literal buildings, skyscrapers. And me trying to picture something else just pulled me directly from the planet. So I could see the planet leaving and becoming smaller. And that's when, you know, I was talking about the circular motion. I saw nothing asymmetric, like with asymmetry. There Hmm. were no round shapes except for when I saw the planet escaping me and me sort of going around the solar system and seeing the rest of the round planets. And then being pulled into nothingness. Oh, wow. So it's like, I, you know, I was either in the city. I was, I was either allowed to be in the city and visualize the city and be around the city or just got pulled completely away from everything. And so one of the things that came up is it sounds, my therapist is like, that sounds like very all or nothing thinking. And I was like, oh my God, yes. 
that's me. That is my, that is exactly, I am very much an all or nothing type of thinker, you know, in in my perspective is like, (laughs) it's either I do this or I just don't do anything at all. Or it's either here or I'm not, or I'm not, you know, in terms of work, like I'm either going to work here. I'm just not going to try applying for other jobs, you know, and you know, it, it kind of talks about how I ended up where I ended up. I didn't seek out other employment if I'm honest this kind of just fell into my lap. Like I finished my internship, the child therapist at the site where I was, where I interned reached out to me. It's like, Hey, I know you're looking for a job. This is a position that's open. It's on the North side, but you know, if you want, just, I, I can, you know, just give a reference and just apply for the job. And I was like, okay, applied for the job because I wasn't 40 hours certified. They're like, we do have somebody, my super, my now supervisor is like, there is somebody who is 40 hours certified. Like I would choose you, but this other person does have the 40 hour certification. So it's going to depend on HR. And so they ended up offering the job to the other person. I ended up applying mm-hmm. at another site for the same position. And then literally week after I applied at Midway, um, again, still the same organization. I get a call from uh, my now supervisor just like, Hey, so the other person, the other person didn't take the job. Do you want the job? And I was like, yes. I was like, yeah, I need a job. Why they're offering me this. I'm aware. Yeah. I, I know the agency cause I've interned there for a year now. I, you know, it's going to introduce me to a new population. Cause again, I had done general mental health for my internship mm-hmm. and now it's going to be domestic violence. And it was on something I was always interested in when I was younger. Because in Pilsen, there's this site called Mujeres Latinas en Acción. So Latin women in action, basically. So, and they do a lot of domestic violence work. So, you know, even since then, like, I already had a big association of wanting to do this work. Little did I know. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I didn't bother applying anywhere else. Mm. And, you know, I've kind of done that throughout my life it's like I just apply to one place and then expect to get it the only time that might have been different was when I was applying for internships but I think I only emailed out like three different places and I'm just like right so there's that so like it explains a lot of my personality I was like that's so interesting to think about did any so because that sounds like a really like whew, wow I have to that's thrown in my face all of a sudden like was any of you like bothered or like perturbed by that or like oh wow I didn't I wasn't ready to (laughs) dissect this part of me again it's back (laughs) it's it wasn't a it's back because I think I had never actually Ah. thought or explored that I think when she said it out loud it immediately clicked for me I was like oh my god that's my personality yes but again I had never really considered myself that which also explains my relationships <laughs> or Ooh. or lack thereof <laughs> i was gonna say are we are we going down this rabbit hole are we no we're not we're <laughs> not we're not no 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 that's not something that's gonna be discussed here but again my lack thereof you know thereof for relationships that's um, something for the next ketamine treatment clearly if it even comes up but you know that's not necessarily something I'm interested in exploring 
<laughs> surprise, surprise. Although I did try to explore it. I did try to force myself to explore that. And my brain's mm-hmm. like, oh, no, 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 no. We're going down this other rabbit hole. I'm like, okay. So Again, this is me giving up control. That brings me to my next question. Like, kind of like what I was saying with, you know, you fighting to kind of take this control back. Do you feel like, what what was that like? Was it kind of like, you know, the more you fought, the more it felt like a quicksand type of experience, like the more I'm sinking in here or? Yes. And I'll tell you why that's important. Because you just hit it on the head. The word trapped came up. Ooh. And it's like, and, and I think, and I talked to this about, talk to them, wow, words. Hello, words are hard. <laughs> I talked to both therapists about this. The one obviously with me during the ketamine and then my actual therapist right after. And it's, there has been a conversation over the last two years, but more specifically over the last two weeks prior to the ketamine with my parents about, where they're gonna spend their you know later years because initially we had talked about you know them moving to texas because the cold doesn't do either of them any good Mm -hmm. and so that was a heavy topic because one obviously i'm very close to my parents you know they're they're my everything and so it's like them being that far away and me not being able to care for them. Like if something's wrong, I'm here and they're there. Like, what am I going to do? So it's right. that, that, you know, uh, fear of, I, I don't want to move to Texas, but if that's mm. what they want, like, I'm really torn. Like, what am I going to do? You know, mm-hmm. cause I know, you know, you know, they're getting up there in years. They're going to need me how am I going to balance it? So it's a lot of that weight. So over the last two weeks, you know, my parents have come to the conclusion of, you know what, we are not going to move to Texas. We don't want to move to Texas. You know, since you're not going, we're going to stay here, but maybe let's start talking about, you know, buying a different home. Mm-hmm. This, this home isn't really, you know, my mom says, it's not really what she wants. I love this house, but I also understand that let's be honest, the structure of this house isn't adequate for, for us as a unit. So it's like, okay. I, for some reason have had a hard time wanting to leave the city because I have been very torn between, okay, let me buy them a house in the suburbs, but I'm going to stay here. I'm like, but then what's the point? Like, we're still kind of on that same boat of if I'm going to buy a better home, why am I latching onto this house? Yes. Mm. I love this house, but why at the end of the Mm. day, it's a home. And also, why do I not want to leave the city? So again, it's like, it's like, I feel like I've trapped myself with this idea that I need to be in the city, but I don't understand why. Like, I don't understand what my attachment to the city has been. Is it a feeling of responsibility? Is it a feeling of comfort? You know, we latch on to things that make us comfortable even though they might be preventing us from growing. Am I, I'm not going to say the next part. Oh. But, you know, am I attached to something else? Mm. And like, if so, why? And is it doing me any good? And I think that has been the biggest question of, 
why am I so adamant of staying in the city? Like I can keep the house. I can rent out the house. But in my mind, it's like, no, I need to have this house because of access to the city or whatever. But I'm like, that's unrealistic. If we buy a house in Palos, I'm only 20, 20, 30 minutes away. It's not that Mm -hmm. big of a deal. You know, I go, I've gone farther just for work. Right. But it's like, why am I holding on to the idea that I have to be in the city? So that, that's what came out of all of that. And like, why it was like, so discontinued, you know, um, concerning, it was so concerning to me of why everything was so like symmetrical and why everything just seemed like, you know, skyscrapers, um, corners stuff, you know, like, and that's actually something that came up as well. Like the idea of corners. I don't know if you heard me mention it, but Mm. during the trip, um, I ended up seeing like through all the blocks and stuff. And one of the things that I told my therapist, like, I don't know if you've seen this, like there's like buildings that have like walls that are like, like big blocks, like instead of bricks, like blocks, but the blocks are kind of like, not just all flat out. It's like, some are sticking out. Some are like, yeah. So I saw like a huge wall of that just like forever. And like, it's me like traveling through it. I was like, I don't know why I saw so many blocks. I don't know what blocks signify in this. It's like, is it building blocks? Is it a mental block? Is it a literal block? Is it a figurative block? Like, I don't understand what's going on, but there's so much symmetry. But within all that symmetry, there was like this, um, like little corner piece, like, you know, how either on gates or like with mirrors that have like little corner pieces they have like a little like indented decoration or you know right you know kind of embellishments and stuff so those were like the only like little like non-symmetrical pieces but it was like always like a corner piece like a think a triangle Mm -hmm. like a 90 degree triangle but you know the um the longer side (laughs) I don't remember the actual geometrical term for it but yeah, that's okay I'm not a I'm not a mathematician I'm a therapist <laughs> <laughs> but you know it, it's that piece was like the decorative piece but it was a it was a you know as much as many corners as I saw the one piece corner piece that I saw that looked like that um was a keyhole mm. and even though it changed a little bit in terms of embellishments throughout different scenarios for a good portion of it it was like dead center like in my view but the background would change and like the colors would change on it but it was a keyhole but there was no key and so it was like is there something blocked here is there something here and why is it necessarily a corner piece like why isn't it a box Mm. through all the symmetry like why isn't it a box why isn't it a room why isn't you know I went down a hallway with a whole ton of rooms why wasn't it that? But instead of that, it was a corner piece. And, you know, I talked about, you know, the significance of corners, like all I could see was like corners. And while I was talking to my best friend on the drive home, it was, uh, something came up that one of my, um, friends from, from a while back would tell me, and it's like, why are you always saying that as soon as you're done with this, then you'll be okay. It's like, there's always something and you're like, as soon as I'm done with this, then I'll be good. Or as soon as I'm done with that, I'll be good. And that, for some reason, just popped to my mind. And it's like, I'm always looking 
to what's around the corner mm. and never actually present in the moment that I'm in. In the moment. See, I was going to push you and say, you know, building off that trapped piece, you know, is part of you focusing on the corner because that's where you feel like you are. Like I'm trapped in this corner. There's not really many options out, but I, I also like that one <laughs> as well. <laughs> Again, we're talking about the, I don't know if the blocks are meant to be like a figurative block, like a building block or because again, buildings and blocks, or is it like a literal block? Like there's something trapped that I haven't addressed yet. That's probably a source that's keeping me from fully being okay. Well, and I wonder if that speaks to why the symmetry bothered you so much. Oh my God, it bothered you know, me so much. It bothered me well, cause so like, much. Like, let, let's, let's sit with that. Like, you know, symmetry, you know, I don't know about you. I tend to think of like orderliness or like hospitals, places that are yes. really, you know, stark and stringent and, you know, very. And I hate it. But, you know, how does that feel when you think, does it feel suffocating? You know, what are the feelings that come up when you think of, you know, this, this, everything is like if you've ever seen a Tim Burton film you know he always has like suburbia where everything is symmetrical and in order and you know it's it's comical but and and it's not the part that I bond to hence if we can see my nightmare before Christmas per somewhere back there that's right there um I have more oh I have a Jack Skellington pillow that's round right here Sorry for the people who are only listening to this. Um, Sorry. I'm, if you, so I don't know if this is going up in video form yet. Um, <laughs> thing, but, you know, for you, Meg, that are seeing my video, do you see the lack of symmetry just in oh, the yes. no, that you it's see? definitely there. But that's why, that's why I'm kind of picking on like the image piece. Maybe it's the art therapist in me, the you know, where, where you're drawing this kind of discomfort from things being in order. Yeah. So if you look, if you look at this image right here, <laughs> yes. it's a wall decal and it's basically, you know, it's like a music sheet. Um, it's a music staff basically with yes. little notes. And if you see on, well, on my screen, it's on the right. I don't know what you're seeing, but <laughs> cause I don't know if it's mirrored. So it, like there's curves and stuff so it's not you know symmetrical and then you have the beginning part of it which is this piece on the left for me and it's just mm-hmm. like a straight line and I hate it because everything else is like curved and stuff and then right. this one little piece is just like like it got cut off like for some reason that just bothers me so much I'm like I have to get rid of this decal or like cut off a couple of pieces because you know but like if I I, again I don't know if this is going to go in video form but if you look at the rest of my room like there's a whole splash of color like the shapes in which I did my little watercolor pattern are not symmetrical it's just like weird random round ish uh, shapes and like um you know, a symmetry bothers me. <laughs> Cause again, I, I feel like I am very much a creative person as much as I don't uh, actually practice my creativity as much as I would like, you know, for me, 
like square-ish shapes have to be balanced off with like roundish mm-hmm. you know, or you know other type of shapes so yeah so for me it was very much like I don't like this <laughs> and again it's also it's also a reason why I would never want to live downtown mm-hmm. because I was like everything is so blockish like there's no trees there's no you know you don't get a, that asymmetry um god I feel like I'm talking out of an episode of the big bang theory but <laughs> the one where they discover asymmetry um in string theory or whatever it is uh so you know it's that kind of thing oh my cat um so yeah for me it, it, it's that it was it was very triggering and I'm just like I don't like it but that was all that I saw and again going back to color as somebody who dresses very emo <laughs> who embraces the black in her wardrobe yes. I love color mm-hmm. I absolutely adore color and again looks like a rainbow threw up in my room like with the wall right next to me and then the wall right in front of me and then all of the colors right behind me and all of my little Funko Pops that are on this shelf you know my wall art in itself it's like very rainbow based especially all of my different Joker posters um I have many Joker posters whatever but even even that's interesting you know if we if we think about you know joker and batman i'm probably going way off kilter here but stay with me (laughs) you know you got that contrast of joker which i would argue you know of course very very asymmetrical very off the wall very colorful you know to contrast with batman who's very structured very rigid very orderly and you know those two kind of interplay here (laughs) okay so you're hitting on a very interesting thing because if we go down that route, it's the person who dresses in all black. Let's call me the Batman. The Batman. I'm craving to be something else. Because again, consumed by darkness. Again, I have, I always say that if, and this is going to sound very creepy for a minute, but I feel like if I wasn't as much, as much, of an empath, I might be a sociopath because I really, because I, I know that if I didn't feel so deeply for people, I wouldn't give two shits about anything. <laughs> and it's like, I feel like, again, a lot of what I am has been influenced by my own experience in drama. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, which again, you know, here and now with my career and with what I do, it's okay. I found my calling through that. All right through the exploration of that. However, do I want to be a more colorful person? Do I want to have a more colorful personality? Of course. It's not that I don't embrace who I am. I do. I understand that this is who I am, but there are moments where like, I wish I was a little bit more extroverted. I wish I enjoyed being a little bit more in this scenario, but I don't (laughs) because, you know, it's me and I'm very much an introvert. And even though I can thrive in you know extrovert scenarios it's more of a i'm very much like within me (laughs) going back to the batman comparison batman doesn't let anybody in i'm not that person anymore i used to right you know because i've i've learned to rely on my support system Mm -hmm. you know it's sort of that you know it's that contrast right Uh, i'm very much this but i would like to be this 
And I think that's the big part of this treatment, like pointing out to you, you know, this is one of the big struggles you've got, you know, wanting to longing, you know, to be this one, this one part of yourself, but then struggling with the other half, which is, you know, kind of like a night and day situation. And it's like, how, how do I honor both of these? They're huge, you know? Absolutely. And I mean, I think if we're talking about, you know, contrast and what I am and what I would like, you know, that goes into the topic of relationships, you know, you and I have talked about this quite a lot and it's, uh, you know, people are like, don't you want to be in a relationship? And I tell people like, I've never been in a relationship. And it's like, like how, like, how do you go through life not having relationships? I was like, because I've avoided them at all costs. <laughs> and it's like, well, why? It's like, don't you want a partner? I was like, you have to understand me avoiding relationships has nothing to do with me not wanting to have a partner. I do crave having someone that, you know, I can come home to at the end of the night that aren't my parents, <laughs> you know, you know, somebody that I can share things with that, you know, I can't share with my parents. When things happen, like I immediately want, to share this with someone, but there's nobody there. And so people are like, why? So then why don't you? I was like, you don't understand. One, I have trust issues. <laughs> if only it was so simple. <laughs> <laughs> Two, I understand that relationships require effort. I have a lot on my plate right now. I am doing a lot of things that are fulfilling for me that I am not about to neglect because if I did, then I feel like I would have betrayed myself. And three, it's like going with the topic of not having the energy or not being able to put in the effort because of what I have going on, you know, outside of all that, it's mm -hmm. whoever comes into my life has to fit a picture. And we're going, I know we're going into the all or nothing type of mentality. And I understand that. And I understand that that could also be very much what has, you know, stifled me from actually having relationships, romantic relationships. Let's, <laughs> let's be clear about that. And it's like, whoever decides they, no, they want to be in a relationship with me kind of has a lot to carry because I am very much adamant about the fact that my parents are going to be with me until you know right. the day they're gone because they are my unit they are my my rocks you mm -hmm. know and also it's unfair for me to just send them off like hey I have a partner now so bye you're on your own bye. Like, that is the dumbest shit I could ever think about because a partner can leave me my parents will always be my parents yes. you know Again, I, I don't know if it's interesting, but again, it, it's the reality of what are the divorce rates now? Mm. Also a reason why I don't plan on getting married. I'm not <laughs> using the word never because never comes to bite you in the butt. But yes. it's it's the understanding of whoever comes into this. And I've had this conversation with a lot of people too. And it's like, somebody who wants to be with you will meet you where you're at. I was mm -hmm. like, I get that. But if they meet me where I'm at, that's a lot for them to carry. <laughs> because... But you have to understand, you know, if that if that's where they're at and they understand they're making a choice at that point and they're accepting that. And I get that. But one, it's hard for me to believe somebody would be willing to do that. And two, I would feel guilty putting that much stuff on somebody. I understand that everybody chooses their battles. I, I fully understand that because I know if I was 
if I wanted to be with someone, I would go to the ends of the earth for that person. Mm -hmm. I fully understand that. However, your girl's probably going to go back and get her PhD. Ooh. For art therapy. Good on you. Your girl's also going to try to get certified in psychedelic therapy because I feel like this experience has been good. Your girl's also going to try to do her own private practice within the next year. Your girl also wants to have a kid before I turn to all these goals. We are checking all the boxes. We're going to do it. I hear it. Your girl also wants to be able to purchase a home for your parents. That is much more suitable for really life. So again, balancing all that and putting that on somebody who would want to be in a relationship with me at this point in time. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's unfeasible. Cause if I'm, if I'm trying to set up my private practice, that's going to take time. If I'm going yeah. to school for art therapy, much a, a PhD, mind you, not a master, yeah, that's gonna, a PhD, that's, that's going to be fun. Suck up my time. And then my mm-hmm. parents, I'm not about to abandon my parents. Like, exactly. You know, it, it, it's that kind of thing. If I think with the losses that I have experienced over the last two months, I have become very much more on the train of, I have to embrace every minute that I have with my parents because mm. my little cousins lost their father. You know, the youngest is like 13, 14. The oldest is 22. Uh, she just turned 23, I think. One of the two. And, you know, the middle child is 17. I cannot imagine going through life not having my parent. And yet that's the reality that they're going to have to live with. My yeah. best friend lost her mother in a very unexpected fashion. You know, nobody expected that to happen. And yet it happened. Yeah. And, you know, she and I are the same age, but I cannot imagine going on without my parents, you know, it's that kind of thing. So it's like, I've come to the point where like, I'm going to obviously not risk quality over quantity because mm-hmm. I want to make sure that whatever time I'm spending with them is actually quality time. I so they also understand that I got a whole ton of stuff to do, but it's more of that, like any moment, any free time that I have that I can spend with them in a very, you know, qualitative fashion, I'm going to. Right. And so where does a relationship fit in? In that? Where does it? Where does it? It doesn't. Ooh. So these are a lot of huge areas from just like <laughs> one time. Oh my gosh. Uh, so, you know, it's, I understand where my all or nothing thinking really sort of is a bit of an inhibition in terms of progress. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's also very much the thing that has kept me going. Right. Because it's, I am not about to accept something that is only going to be like a, like halfway beneficial. It's like, no, either it's beneficial or it's not. If it's not completely, then it's like out of the way. I ain't got time for you. I got stuff. Exactly. It's, it's the thing that's kept me going. Right. So, you know, it's, (laughs) it's a lot together from just one ketamine session. Um, Yes. I also think it's funny because I feel like partially the blocks could have been an unfortunate side effect of me watching the Doctor Strange 2 trailer. <laughs> mm, see, I could see that. 
<laughs> so it was it was a little bit probably of that. But, you know, Doctor Strange, the Doctor Strange trailer had a lot more asymmetry stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, well there were some symmetrical elements, too. There were. There were. But there was a lot of asymmetry, too. And there was a lot more bright colors and stuff. And, you know, it it's a Sam Raimi movie. I mean, come on. You know, you know what yes. that's like. So I feel like it might have been partially influenced. But I think at the same time, it actually brought up quite a few things that needed to be addressed so surprise surprise (laughs) yeah (sighs) man wow you have me curious i might want to consider it i've always been you know on the fence with substances for me personally but this kind of makes me a little curious look at you sowing the seeds you bet there you go go. (laughs) it's like everybody should do it Except it's really expensive right now, so. Yeah, that's the one thing where I'm like, mm, I'm not lacking that much in insight right now. <laughs> but again, I think, so I think maybe like on a finishing note, it's more of a, uh, and it's something that I hadn't thought about until my integration session with my therapist, you know, two days after the ketamine, but it's more, I know I've been on an emotional block because unfortunately for me, that's kind of how I deal with grief. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like, I have to put aside my feelings, not only for the people that I work with, but, you know, in personal life. So like, I had to be strong for my mother. I felt like I needed to be strong for my best friend. I needed mm-hmm. to be strong for my little cousins. I needed to be strong for my aunts. And, you know, it's that thing where I realized that I cannot cry when I feel it. I have to literally trigger it. And so I've gone through this before. And, you know, for the first time around, it lasted about seven years. Mm -hmm. And then, and then I started my master's program. I had to explore a whole ton of shit that had been buried very deep within me for almost (laughs) 15 years. And so a lot of my emotion began to surface through that. And so having to process that. Cause you know, for your master's program, you have to do your own introspection and your own sort of, we didn't you have to do the therapy, which you, you cannot therapy. escape your own work when you go into your master's. Yes. So all of that helped me sort of allow my emotions to come back. So I was able to cry if I needed to cry, you know, I was able to just feel what I needed to feel. But over the last two years, I haven't been able to cry when I needed to. And I have to watch Encanto to freaking cry. <laughs> or um, Ay, mariposas. Oh my God. <laughs> Please don't start singing those oruguitas. Why can't I talk today? Even my Spanish is off. Um, Talking is hard. Two caterpillars. Um, but yes, that song makes me cry every time. <laughs> and for those of you listening, I don't know if this is going to come out in the podcast before or after, but... We go into a whole little show. Oh, yeah. Encanto. We, we have our Encanto talk so much so that we didn't get to art therapy. That's okay. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Right. That's still pending. We, we, we have two more episodes we need, to, we need to do. There we go. We need. We have two more episodes we need to do with you. Because um, I even I even felt bad because I was like, oh, there's definitely stuff I said wonky and didn't mean it to come out that way. So pin in that. We'll come to that. Don't worry. We still have to record a couple more. Um, but you know, it's that, and we talked about it during my, 
my integration session and it's like that blockage that emotional block of I can't feel because it's been a safety mechanism for me it's like you have to be strong for everybody else but you know strength looks different Mm -hmm. for different people and for me it's no longer the you have to be you you can't cry it's more like it's not the not being allowed to Mm-hmm. It's the not doing it because of what that does to other people. Mm-hmm. So instead of it being frowned upon for what it is, it's more of a, if I start crying and I'm showing emotion, I'm not really supporting the people around me. I don't know if that makes sense. That makes perfect sense, actually. It's like a question of being vulnerable as an act of service, not just to yourself, but to others. Yeah. <laughs> all these, all these bombs were dropping today. There we go. There we go. Yes. All of these truth bombs, mic drops. In this case, in this case, roller drops. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's funny how all of this comes from one ketamine experience that only lasted 40 minutes, apparently. Um, I, I, don't I thought I was going to go the full two hours. I fully. Sounds... Go ahead. I, I just feel like it sounds like it was like five hours. <laughs> it was 40 minutes. Oh. And again, because I was being a little bit resistant to it, they had to go ahead and put a second dose, which again, isn't bad. Like they, they told me that from the beginning, like you're going to be given the option to get a bit, you know, an, an extra dose. And, you know, probably I'm sure it was like 10 minutes in. Um, but for me, it felt like it was literally like a minute. If, if that they're like, do you want to, do you want to go a little bit further with the ketamine? And I was like, yes. And that's when the trip really happened. Um, mm. but yeah, like I fully thought I was like, I hope I'm here for two hours. Like, I hope I get the full thing. Nope. 40 minutes. And yet we got all of this from that. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it makes you wonder if you like, Two hours might have been nice, but would was it really needed? Because this sounds like it was longer than two. I would have thought so. Yeah, but no, it was only 40 minutes. And so therefore, again, we're coming out with there's more questions and answers. Um, <laughs> so again, talking about how the work isn't going to be done during the actual treatment. It's done outside of treatment. And so, so we'll see. My next one is scheduled for the first week of April. Whoop, whoop. I'll oh. be excited to hear about that one. Yes, and I can't wait to have another day off from work. <laughs> because March is gonna suck. The timing is intentional. Let's just say that. <laughs> well, yes. And I mean, again, even with the ketamine thing, which I think I talked to you about, um, and this is no shade to the center. I understand that shit happens, but I was scheduled originally with... Uh, Latin therapist. And this is also no shade to social workers. I'm not calling you out, but I just wanted an LPC, LCPC person. Um, and the only Latin American person there was an LSW. And I was like, no shade, but I'd rather have a counselor than a social worker. I know we all do the same thing, but just for personal preference, I, I get you. And so, but again, I went because she's Latin American and she understands 
I'm hoping that she would understand a little bit more of the culture aspect to it. Yeah. You know, we scheduled, couldn't log in the first time. Scheduled a couple of days later. Therapist says she showed up. I was there for a whole two hours. Therapist never showed up. And then so by the third time, I was like, yes, I agree. The person who schedules the appointments is missed the appointment. She's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't see your email responding that you would be okay with taking that appointment. That appointment has not been booked. So we can, you know, maybe do this for somebody else. So this is a whole two weeks of me going back and forth, trying to see this therapist. Mm. I'm like, you know what? This might be a sign that I need to go with a different therapist. There you go. And so you I know. went back on there on their site and looked at who was there. And I saw that there was an art therapist. I was like, you know what? Let's do it. And, you know, everything went smoothly with her. She's, I, I feel super comfortable with her. The vibes were all there. I was like, yes, this was meant to be. And again, I think it came at an appropriate moment because I was coming out of the two months of just extreme grief. Mm-hmm. Right. So it was, it was a little bit of that. And so... Well, and it adds to that intentionality of it, you know, everything, the universe aligning for you to show you, hey, this is what you might not realize that you need. Yeah, absolutely. And again, the whole not being able to express grief, Mm -hmm. the wanting to cry, but not being able to and having to watch Encanto. Um, Five more times, please. Thank you. I was literally watching Encanto like every other day. For like a solid Girl, if that ain't the truth i listen i when i tell you i listen to that soundtrack almost every day i'm sure my boyfriend is like if i hear the family madrigal one more time <laughs> <laughs> like i'm here we, i know we don't talk about bruno but can we stop <laughs> we don't talk about bruno is the jam <sighs> no 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 okay i'm gonna stop we know about Bruno. Bruno. <laughs> it was my wedding day. <laughs> it was my wedding day. And then you get trapped because then you start singing all of the parts and you're like, you're only one person. What are you doing? But I do that anyway. I try to sing melody and harmony for every single song and then just get really mixed up in between. And I'm just like, yes. It's kind of like singing Bring Me to Life and doing this oh. part and the rap. <laughs> And then you're like out of breath halfway through the song because you're trying to rap, but then trying to do falsetto and hit all the, mm. <laughs> let me stop. Exactly. Exactly. Which is why my tone always gets thrown off. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, so I think I was also feeling it because for two months I didn't go to any concerts <laughs> and that had sort of become my self-care, my my emotional recharge. So that might have been why I also was feeling it pretty heavily, but you know. The magic of music. Well, the last person that I saw was actually Evanescence. So, you know. But yes. But anywho, thank you for joining me on this very interesting journey. <laughs> of course. And I, I love to hear about it. I'm here for it. Yeah. Um, so you'll probably be back. You will most likely be back. Yay! (laughs) So I want to say thank you to you for deciding to do this with me and helping me explore this a little bit. Um, Being my friend therapist. 
we can't say that you're my therapist because we're gonna get into a whole bunch of code of ethics. Oh yeah, no, I would, so. I would not, I would not want to do that because I'm like, eh, I, I feel like I don't. Like, no, I'm not claiming it. I'm not claiming it. I'd be way too biased. I, I always tell my friends that because I, I have a, I've had a couple of friends do that in the past. I was like, oh, can't you just therapize me? I was like, I'm way too biased in your favor. It's not gonna work. Oh <laughs> no, what I tell people is, uh, you're not paying me. So also that, also <laughs> that, like. Do you want to give me a minimum of 30 an hour? Minimum? Which is mm. more than I make right now, but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> mm, that's that's Hopefully not for long. Time. Hopefully not for long because I am manifest, going to manifest. hopefully start this part-time job at the private practice next week. So manifest, manifest. this out into the air. Your girl needs to make more money today. Today. But yes, ma'am. Nonprofit not pay anything. But yes, I'm so happy you were here. And I will have you back. And I don't know the order of these episodes, but this one might actually come out first. So it'll be interesting for us to be talking about Encanto and then everybody listen to our (laughs) rants about what it is and stuff. So get the gist. Yeah. So again, thank you so much to Megan for joining me today on this little exploration of my psychedelic experience. And thank you to everybody listening. Um, I hope to come back with a couple more very interesting episodes after this. Um, well, I mean, Encanto is going to be after this. So that's going to be very <laughs> That one's kind of all over the place. So just so you know, the, epi- the episode following this is kind of just a whole jumble it's of a fun, it's mess. a fun time it's truly a fun oh, time. absolutely because it was you and i rekindling so, <laughs> yeah. you and i hadn't talked in like <gasps> we're not gonna get into how long we hadn't talked. we'll, we'll long. be here all night too long exactly but yes yeah, so thank you everybody for joining us um again I, i'm pretty sure this is episode four i hope to get on a more consistent recording schedule so i can upload a little bit more consistently and i hope everybody is well and takes care of themselves and make sure to recharge your emotional battery please do (laughs) all right well peace out everyone hope you all have a wonderful day wonderful week however long between episodes and catch you next time